and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and I want to just give a quick note here. If you haven't already, go check out my new website. You can view the latest episode, fan favorites, and even submit a question to future guests. You can visit the website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. You can also find the link in the show notes. So the song you just heard is Headstrong by Trapped, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Kyle Slifka. Kyle was one of the most intimidating wrestlers I watched growing up. He wrestled at Crestwood High School. He placed third as a junior at 215 pounds and won a state title as a senior at heavyweight. He actually went on to play football at Iowa State before finding his way back to the mat and wrestling a year for the Cyclones. It was really cool chatting with Kyle and hearing his story. And you know, he's not that intimidating once you get to know him. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Kyle Slifka. What's your what's your shirt say there? Uh, I don't even know. No kidding. You have a UNO Omaha Wrestling Kaufman Open. You have a UNO wrestling shirt. That's gotta be Yeah, it, it was one of the tournaments I wrestled at in college. Really? Yeah. I didn't I was- know you were Poor college students. So of course, every individual wrestling tournament we went to, I just jacked about three or four shirts. So <laughs> I didn't know you wrestled in college. Yeah, wrestled Iowa State. I thought you played uh, football at Iowa State. I did, and then uh, transitioned and wrestled for uh, Coach Jackson for a year. Really? Why? How, how did that go? Uh, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Met him. Uh, well, so the transition was I missed wrestling. And so then I transferred back to um, I had my football coach Rhodes at the time. I was like, hey, I'm, I really want to wrestle. So he called Coach Jackson and said, hey, I have a defensive lineman that's interested in wrestling for you. Here's his name. And I guess KJ knew of me a little bit. And so He's like, yeah, send him up. So I went upstairs to the wrestling office, knocked on the door, and he's like, yep, me, come on, join the ship. So after the bowl game in Tempe, Arizona in 2009, I joined the wrestling team. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How would you do? I mean, I wasn't obviously a national champion, but, I mean, I I won a few matches. Um it was I'm trying to think. So I wrestled in actually several Big Twelve dual meets. Missouri um, had a really good match with Don Bradley, and then wrestled at Nebraska. Um, oh. Wrestled at the Midlands, um, Arizona State. I think we traveled down the Tempe. Yeah, it was fun. No kidding. And then when uh, Kyle Simonson was injured, um, I actually wrestled a lot more and then uh, built a lot of friendships. Like I said, traveled the country. Uh, my my position coach, Eric Volker, I mean, I mm-hmm. talked to him monthly still. So he, uh, yeah, it was, it was an awesome time. Yeah, it pinned you and I's John Simon. In 27 seconds? <laughs> Dude, that's fast. Yeah, it was fun. Like I said, I, I missed 
I missed wrestling. Um, I had to make that decision in high school. It's like, okay, do I go the football route or do I go the wrestling route? And it's like some nights I found myself just taking a quarter and flipping it up in the air. And if it landed on heads, I was going to go play football. If it landed wow. on tails, I was going to wrestle. So the first decision I had to make was what I wanted to do. It's like I got – I know Coach Terry Allen from Iowa State uh, mm-hmm. football. He was recruiting me. And then he'd get off the phone with me, and then Kale Sanderson would call the next day. And it was just this, like, roundabout way. And they knew I wanted to go to Iowa State. And I just – I mean, I had to make a decision. So I went with the football route and then um, played football for four years. And right before the bowl game, I decided I, I just want to go wrestle. I missed it. So – I went and wrestled. <laughs> I couldn't wow. do well, I couldn't do football and wrestling at the same time. Um I guess at the time it wasn't it, it had been way too hard um at the college level for sure to do both. So I uh yeah, transitioned over in January of two thousand ten. Wow. Why did you ultimately choose football? At the time um, it, it just was something that I was like, I, I really like football and I, th- it was, I mean, it was a difficult decision. I'm not, of course. It, was, mm-hmm. it was such a, it was such a hard decision. Um, and I, really the, I think the whole reason why I picked football was because I just thought it was better for me. Um, I think at the time, some of the football recruiting was a little bit more um, intense. Like they were almost trying to draw me in a little bit more on the football side. When you start talking about options and availabilities that they have for future student athletes, um, obviously a, a football budget at the division one level is a little different than wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um so I think it just was a totality of a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How'd you do? So I never started, um, but I played, I, I'll never forget my very first play um, <laughs> against South Dakota state university. Nice. And <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually went to a wrestling meet up at uh, um, South Dakota state several <laughs> years ago, but really? Guy just ran right by me and sort of touched down. I felt like a, an idiot, but um, I think the eye opener to me was August of 2006. It was two a days, and we just started our practices. Mm-hmm. And transitioning from high school to college, it was like the first day of pads that we were able to use, and so it was a two on one drill and it was myself against uh, two guys. I'll, I'll never forget. It. it was Sean Moorhead and Brent Curvey. It was a two on one drill. Both of these like <laughs> multiple big 12 uh, <laughs> first team people up against me as a freshman and just got like thumped. Like, I mean, I still think I have uh, DNA cells six feet under the ground and aims <laughs> And I thought to myself, what in the world did I just get myself into? But um, I stuck with it. Um, 
It had a lot of had a bunch of teammates all over the country. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, I, I stuck with it and it was fun. So <laughs> <laughs> could you compare like being under the lights on a Saturday night versus wrestling under the lights at you know in a meet? You know? Uh yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is there's about 70,000 more people. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you're outside and who knows what environment it is. I'll never forget the Texas Tech game. That was so cold. I will never forget that mm-hmm. game in my life. But I think overall, it's the same thing kind of like high school. I mean, you're out in an open field. Um, bunch of people are around you. And then in wrestling, you've got like, it's such close quarters with the stands. You've got the one spotlight sometimes on dual meets mm-hmm. and it's just almost this like really tight knit atmosphere um, where you almost feel like you have more people on top of you watching <laughs> with football. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the, the biggest thing there, but uh, I know that um, even with football, I mean, there was a few people that, um, I was able to build a lot of good relationships with, mm-hmm. um, and that also transitioned into the wrestling side. Um, I know one guy, John reader, probably heard yeah. of him before, but, <laughs> um, he, uh, he, he actually kind of tried to recruit me a little bit to our freshman year of college. To wrestle. <laughs> well, how was your high school experience at Cresco? Was your, was your high school football team pretty good? Yeah. I mean, we, we never, we weren't ever in like the semifinals, the finals of state, but um, we did very well. I know that um, it was uh, our, our senior year. Uh, I'll never forget the last play against Charles city, Iowa. Mm-hmm. And we, it, it came down to whether we score and we go to the playoffs, we lose and we go home and we got beat. And, um, it, it, it was fun. And looking back at the at the high school level of football, too, I went to the uh, first round playoff games a month ago in Cresco. Ah, yeah. And it was um, I mean, it was so it was so much fun. I'd love to go back and play high school football. right now. <laughs> Just watching it and everything like that. It was, it was so much fun. But yeah, I mean, it was it was we had I had a fun time. Um, Two of my really good buddies, they got injured our senior year. <laughs> that was kind of devastating to watch. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I still stay in touch with some of the coaches. Yeah. Do you get back there often? Because we're – so what are you doing right now? You're in Des Moines? Yeah. Right now I, I live in West Des Moines and work for the West Des Moines Police Department. Okay. Nice. Doing what? Are you like a, a police officer or – Yep. So I'm a police officer and there's, um, we have different units within mm-hmm. our, um, mm-hmm. department and I'm assigned to the traffic unit division. So we investigate hit and run crashes. Uh, we do, um, we will do like radar trailer deployments. Um, and another big thing that I specialize in is crash reconstruction, so a lot of our fatality crashes and life-threatening crashes, I'll investigate those uh, with our unit and essentially determine how and why a crash might have happened. So wow. that's that's 
specifically what I do within mm-hmm. my agency now. Yeah. Wow. And did you go, so did you graduate from Iowa state with a degree in criminal justice or? Well, looking at what I do now with <laughs> crash reconstruction, I really wish I went to school for mechanical engineering because uh, <laughs> I do a lot, a lot of physics uh, mm-hmm. when we investigate the crashes, but I actually went and um, studied kinesiology. Wow. So I, I wanted to go be a, um, like a forensic pathologist and do autopsies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So what happened was the first year and a half or two years, I studied kinesiology. And once I got into like the biomechanics and motor control and human physiology and those type of courses, I realized that I would, if I was doing autopsies, I was just sitting in a dark room all day with <laughs> dead people. Right. So mm-hmm. Here I am like, okay, like I'm, I'm a somewhat of a social guy. Uh, so I can't sit in the room all day with that people. So I thought to myself, mm-hmm. I'm going to go do something that I can at least apply myself with. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'm going to go be a police officer. Well, the circumstances were unique because what happened was I wanted to declare a criminal justice degree. Mm-hmm. However, um, this was so messed up because once I declared my degree, they said I wasn't going to be eligible to continue playing athletics. And the reason they said that was because I was not going to be so far towards my degree to continue to be eligible for the NCAA. So I go, well, what do I do if I want to study criminal justice? I said, well, you're going to have to kind of go around the back end of this and you're going to have to declare an open degree and take criminal justice classes because a lot of my kinesiology courses would not transfer into the criminal justice department. So in order to stay eligible, I had to continue to progress towards a college degree. Mm -hmm. So simply all I did was go from kinesiology to bachelor of liberal arts and studies and then just take criminal justice classes. That way my kinesiology courses could transfer over and I could stay eligible. So if someone asks me like on the street, yeah, oh, what'd you study? I just tell them criminal justice. Mm-hmm. It just makes it way easier. But that's kind of the unique circumstances of hmm. how my studies took place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did kinesiology help you with criminal justice at all? Um, not not really. No. Um, I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. Uh, not, no, it, it, it does, didn't really help me with criminal justice, but it still, I mean, it still actually kind of helps me with, um, current day wellness and, uh, understanding kind of more of the human body and mm-hmm. what I should do to try and stay healthy. And, and so, that part of it, I guess, from an officer wellness standpoint, you could say I could benefit from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So it wasn't a complete waste, I suppose, to be, you know, taking kinesiology earlier when your college career. No, no, it definitely wasn't. I mean, I okay. learned a lot of stuff. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so to your wrestling side, um, excuse me i'll tell you a quick story my dad always tells me this every time we bring up the name kyle slifka so 
obviously you were big wrestling Brian all the time. And um, they, him and Al Reichs went and taped you while you were wrestling at Cresco. And uh, they, you just got done and they were leaving. And you asked Al, you were like, Hey, you want me to sign that for Rotus or something like that? And Al was like completely speechless. And my dad's like, I've never seen him speechless ever. Like Al always had something to say. And so you were just like, Hey, you, you want me to sign that tape for you? <laughs> oh, wow. Gosh, that's and so, funny. Uh, uh, I, well, I wish Al was around to talk about that right now. Um, man. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I tell you what, uh, that was, uh, that was quite the times. I mean, I know, I mean, Al, he's been, he's been gone for over a year now, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then, um, well, I think Brian's uh, dad, Alvin, yeah. So it's just like some of those people you'd really like to kind of sit back and have conversations with mm-hmm. um, to kind of talk about that stuff. But yeah, Brian, he was, I mean, he was so strong, that guy. He was, he was strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember because I was young. So I don't know, I might have been in eighth grade, seventh grade, you know, you were intimidating. I was like, you know, I saw you as kind of this uh, Cresco villain, if you will, because you were the heavyweight and you were tough and you looked mean and you wrestled kind of mean, not mean in a bad way, but just, you know, you wrestled tough. And I was intimidated, you know, by Kyle Slifka. Like, you know, did you did you have that feel like you had that presence outside of Cresco that like that's big, bad Slifka right there? I don't, I don't really think I did until um, maybe my senior year um, when I started to kind of get a little bit closer with some of the Decora uh, people um, because it was sort of around the time where myself and Taylor Mansfield transitioned into um, going to Iowa state together and to play football. So we both, transition together in Iowa state. And it wasn't really until then where he would kind of tell me some stories. Um, I'd be like, what really (laughs) kind of be so focused in on my, uh, you know, studies and, uh, trying to figure out what, what I'm going to do the next day at PE or how to mess (laughs) out and drawing class or whatnot. And so, um, yeah, it really wasn't until then, I guess. Mm -hmm. My, my spring of my senior year when I was talking to Mansfield. Yeah. So, so it was, yeah. So I guess we kind of built up this persona. This almost like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like this, um, yeah, persona of Kyle Slifka, this myth, if you will, that, you know, that he was just tough. And because Brian was tough and you always seemed to get him when the time was right. And so, like I said, you just were like this, man, the myth was legend Kyle Slifka come in. You got third, you won it one year. Like, you know, it's like, watch out for you. Well, I mean, I mean, Brian's a good example of you look at, um, you know, you look at someone like that and my thought process is it's like, gosh, like I wish they could send more people to state um, in the area that we would wrestle at. I mean, you know, if, if, if you were to have 
three or four people at the time be able to go to state? Well, I can assure you that someone, whether they're first through fourth, are going to finish first through fourth at state from our district mm-hmm. um, just because it was such a tough district. And I know there were times where I can assure you that looking around the state of Iowa, whoever came the top two from our district probably would likely finish number one and number two. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's how it played out. <laughs> and I guarantee you someone like Brian, if you take the top three, one of us would have finished one through three at state that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I mean, and that just goes to show you the level of competition um, that is in Northeast Iowa, uh, anywhere. I mean, just, it's so competitive. And that's one thing that I think makes every one of us better. Um, I mean, you, Blake Raising, he was yeah. there too uh, with uh, Brian and then, um, in Mansfield. And then, you know, you drive a little bit more further south and you got Ben Lehman and it's like, okay, now you got Mansfield, Lehman, Brian, um, you got Blake Raising. And so you're just like, gosh, like you gotta, you gotta train hard. I mean, you've got all these people that are like really, really good that mm-hmm. kind of push you to train better. And so that was, yeah. That was fun. I mean, you've got the best wrestling within, I don't know, one hour drive. (laughs) Did you get nervous, like going into those sectionals and districts when you had all the guys you mentioned, you know, did you ever get nervous that like, man, I might be the odd man out here or did you feed off that? Um, I feeding off of it's probably more, realistic um because i don't really get that nervous Uh, i tell you what there's been um there's only been two times in my life right now that i can think of where i was like really nervous uh one was proposing to my wife and the second (laughs) was my senior year four by 100 state track um really yeah, believe it or not, I actually ran in the four by one hundred state track my senior year. Dang! Uh, so it's not like I—I I don't think I was just that nervous. I just think I was more focused and knew that you just whoever would step on the mat next with you, if you want to continue to progress towards uh, the state championships, you got to beat them, mm-hmm. uh, and then you. It's like, well, you look at the lineup and you've got one of those people I listed. Well, you got to beat them all if you want to continue on. And so, um, yeah. And, and, and like I said, I think everybody, when you're wrestling just that talent alone, um, you, you're going to continue to train and get better. And every year you'd have a new name gets, get thrown in the mix. I mean, so as I'm sitting here dealing with like Rodas and Layman and Mansfield and raising senior focusing on those. Now all of a sudden it's like my junior senior year and somebody's like, Oh, Hey, have you ever heard of a guy named Eric Thompson? No. I <laughs> it's like, who is he? Well, he's from Waverly. Uh, you know, he's, Hey, you state champ. And, 
I mean, great credentials. And I know, I mean, Eric's doing well now down in Tempe. And so it's like, it's like, geez, just throw another one into the back. Right. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it just, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome that you view it that way, that it was just, because it was, it was as a spectator, it was really fun. It was nerve wracking, you know, because obviously you were pulling for your guy, but it was fun just to watch all of you guys just kind of beat up on each other. You know, did you ever feel any doubt? Cause you know, Brian would seem to get you in the duel and then you would flip the script when it would come to districts, you know, like how were you able to kind of turn the tables when it mattered, you know? Yeah. I- I feel like I did that often Um, because I did that with Mansfield too. He Mm -hmm. would destroy me at the Flanagan tournament and in our normal duel. And then Mm -hmm. I'd be at the conference. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say like, maybe I just was more of like, I don't know what'd be a good word. Like, Maybe it's like, okay, like, this is it. Like, this is showtime. Like, you've got to do something about it. you got to win. Like, that's just how it is right now. Um, it just might have been a simple switch like that. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think it just was the, if this is the time, like, the lights are on. Like, you just have to win the rest of the year sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're right. I mean, I would get... I mean, I get beat. Um, I know. Well, my uh, senior year, I lost twice, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. Yeah. But, yep. Um, and and uh, I think both those were to Mansfield. Um, I actually call him Manchild. To <laughs> yeah, good good name. <laughs> yeah, I call him Manchild. He's <laughs> he's very strong individual as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I actually have a really good relationship with him right now. Um, nice. We were actually college roommates. No kidding. Yeah, wow. college roommates. Um, his parents are very nice people. Mm-hmm. Uh, have supported our family. Um, I know, especially in the last year with my father passing away in May, they were always there for us. And mm-hmm. uh, Taylor's down in Savannah, Georgia, right now doing some orthopedic surgery stuff. Uh, way above my my educational level, I can <laughs> uh, but. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was fun with, with that, but yeah, I don't know when it came to the end of the year, I think ultimately I just had to win. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so winning is what you did. Like you said, your senior year, that's when you won that state title. And like, it seemed kind of elusive to you at that point. I mean, <laughs> how did it feel to finally, you know, take home that title that, just felt like it was so close. It was in your reach, but for one way or another, it didn't happen till then. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like my junior year, I got beat first round. Yeah. And I think it was to, uh, I think it might've been John McLaughlin, maybe. Uh, and it had to wrestle all the way back to third. And I, and I was talking to Lane about it too. And was, I'm like, dude, I think I actually, feel like I should have won this wrestling back from first round all the way to third. <laughs> but um, yeah, my, so my senior year, I mean, the hard part with it was here I am. And you find out after your semifinal match that you're wrestling Blake raising. And 
I mean, Blake, his, I, 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 I'm so glad that if he ever drives through West Des Moines and wants to fight a police officer, it's not going to be him because his <laughs> hips, I can't, I don't know what to do. I mean, his, that, that man's hips were just, you couldn't control him. He was so, he was successful with them. And this would have been, I think, um, I think it would have been the fifth time maybe that uh-huh. year. Let me, let me think this through here. So you got your dual meet, mm-hmm. you got conference, sectionals, districts. So I think that was the fifth time um, that I was going to wrestle uh, Blake that year. And it was for the state title. So once, I mean, it, first off, it's tough to beat someone once or twice in a row. And then you got fourth or fi- fourth or fifth time. I think that was the bigger relief when I won. It was like, oh, my gosh, like I just finally beat this person five times in a year. <laughs> and knowing like how great of a wrestler he is, um, I, I think that was the that was a pretty big relief. Um, but still, again, Going up into that finals match, um, I knew that as as great of a competition that our district was in, there's a very high possibility that I'm going to see Blake in the finals down at state. So, sure enough, it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you wrestle? Like, what do you? Pre- how do you prepare for for somebody like that that you wrestle? five times in a year like when it came to the state title state tournament title like that match did you even like how do you even prepare are you just like you know i know what he's going to do he knows what i'm going to do it's just who does it better like i I, well i think i think you hit it spot on like at the time you've wrestled each other so many times that you just kind of know what the other person is going to bring to you and it's not like you've you're it's not like you're wrestling them in practice um, day in and day out. I mean, you're wrestling in full competition Mm -hmm. matches, uh, medals and trophies on the line that that's going to make you a better person, but you're really going to understand what that person can do. And so I think nowadays things have really changed when it comes to, um, a lot of the recruiting and videos and what's out there on the internet that you can really study another person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cause back then I don't want to make myself feel so old, but back then it's like, okay, you might have, um, you might have a video that you could watch. Uh, Maybe somebody videoed uh, an opponent in like the second round or maybe like the semifinals of the, of the state tournament. Um, on their little, you know, two by two inch flip. (laughs) Yeah. And I think back then it was really just, you kind of really understood your opponent. I mean, now, like you look at some of these recruiting uh, softwares out there and different stuff, it's a whole different world on what Mm -hmm. you can understand with your opponent at the high school level. Even I think junior high now. You're right. You're right. Um, I forgot. Yeah. So you got beat by John McLaughlin first round as a junior because you got. Did you win districts that year over Ben Lehman? Yes. Yes. And so, um, because I, I want to. Okay. Let me let me think this through here now. Um. I want to say. 
I wrestled, actually, I think I wrestled Rodas, uh, my first round. And then I beat Layman. So then I think since I won, Rodas would have had a wrestle back against Layman. And I think Layman mm-hmm. beat Rodas. I think that's how it is. I, mm-hmm. I'd have to look in a bracket, but I think that's how it, how it was with that. Did you know anything about John McLaughlin? Because like you were saying, you were saying like you throw in Eric Thompson and this guy, and all of a sudden here comes John McLaughlin, who ends up getting second that year. I think you know, like no. Uh, The only thing I knew about him was his name, where he's from, and that it's going to be my first match of the year. (laughs) Or first match of state. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and so you lose. Like how devastating was that? when you got beat because to come back and get third is yeah probably aside from being a state champion that is like the next toughest thing yeah uh so i knew from my sophomore year at state mm-hmm. that i knew what it was like to get beat out um in the in the final round to go to a medal um what they call it the blood round yeah. You know, I, I knew what it was like to, to, to be in that position. I'm like, I don't want to be in that position again. And I knew I had to win out. And so, yeah, it was, it was so tough. And and even now, like when I go to um, the wrestling tournament, uh, even if it's just a normal weekend tournament or even state, and you see someone that goes from losing their first round and wrestling all the way back to third and maybe wrestling people that they've wrestled in the year. I mean, you gotta have, you gotta respect for someone like that. Cause it's mm-hmm. just, it's tough. And, you know, I look at some of these kids now and it's like, gosh, like it's, it's tough. And he, I mean, he even Layman told me, he's like, man, it's like you had it harder than I did. <laughs> <laughs> how, how were you at the AAU level? Like growing up, when did you start wrestling and did mm-hmm. you like, were you always in it or did you slowly evolve into being the wrestler you were? So I think what happened in, in, in this is uh, in fourth grade, um, my father, uh, he told me, he said, Hey, here's the deal. He goes, we're going to take you to some wrestling practice. Actually. Okay. Backtrack more in like second grade or so mm-hmm. it took me to a, my first tournament ever. It was in Elma, Iowa and wrestled oh, there. Really? And I really, really liked it. And, and my mom, a school teacher, um, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, Steve, this is uh, this is like really one, you know, legal way that our son could, you know, get away with trying to body slam people <laughs> without getting in trouble because uh, she taught at the school that I went to. <laughs> so uh, I really loved it. And so then all of a sudden it come to come time at the AAU level and it would have been um, fourth grade. Um, I think it was 128 pounds and it would have been maybe 1998 maybe or so. Mm-hmm. Uh Went to Waverly, Iowa, and uh, at Warper College, wrestled at districts. Went down to state at the Five Season Center at the time in Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. 
and weighed in at Cedar Rapids Kennedy, 128 pounds. And then I woke up the next day and my dad's like, Hey, here's the deal. He's like, if you win state, um, I'll buy you a PlayStation. I was like, nice. I was like, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> and so, um, wrestle all day Saturday and continue on. And then, um, I can't even think of some of the names that were in the bracket. I guarantee you, if I look at them, I recognize half of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then it comes time Sunday. And of course, like you're like the heavyweight at the time. And it's like five o'clock on a Sunday, like half the arena is gone. Everybody's home. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're, here you are wrestling. So then um, ended up wrestling and, and winning uh, my AAU division in fourth grade at 128 pounds. And Walked off the mat and told him, <laughs> I said, hey, I said, let's go to Walmart and buy that PlayStation. <laughs> and I guess he told my, told my mom, he's like, I, I truly didn't think he would win the state title. Uh, so Monday morning, we drove to Decor, Iowa, Walmart, bought a PlayStation. Yeah. Oh, right. so, um, yeah, the AAU continued on at fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth grade. I never won another AAU title. Um, no way. No, uh, from fifth grade on to eighth. And I tell you what, I know that I was in the championship uh, at least two times for sure. It might have been three, but I know for sure two times. And um, I mean, some of the people that uh, I lost to, I'm, I mean, I know they, one of them I'm sure was in my bracket at state high school level. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another one in my class. Um, yeah, God, what was his name? Um, John a blank right now. Um, anyway, he wrestled, uh, maybe last name was Fisher. He wrestled Mansfield uh, in the 3A from Lamar, so in the 3A division um, at State. And so I know I lost to him, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so never won it again. Um, came in second at least twice, but built, uh, built a ton of fun relationships with kids uh, back at the AU level. And then, um, yeah, that was in Cedar Rapids. Now they have it down here in Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Um, different venue and everything like that, have it at Wells Fargo. That was kind of cool though, too, because I was able to wrestle at the five season center. And then mm-hmm. my junior year, they wrestled, we wrestled at vets auditorium. And then my senior year, it was at Wells Fargo arena. So that was a little bit of a transition. Yeah. How was it wrestling at vets? It was fun. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would have wrestled there my senior year, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Um, I mean, it was a great atmosphere. Um, and I don't, I don't want to necessarily say I was disappointed that my senior year was going to be at Wells Fargo Arena because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, I really wanted to wrestle at uh, Vets Auditorium again. I had already wrestled there twice and just knew how fun it was. And then you put me in this ice rink, and I mean, it's like, <laughs> well. All right, here we go. So, yeah, I, I think, it, I mean, if I had to, I understand, like, why Des Moines built Wells Fargo Arena. I mean, I, I get that. But mm-hmm. I mean, if I had a choice, I would have liked to wrestle in Vets my senior year. I think everybody who has been to Vets and experienced Vets will, will understand what you're saying because it was 
just on it it's unmatched you know it everyone was on top of you they had the bleachers they had the ropes basically you could like walk right by and i mean it, it was just nuts it was nuts yeah i mean you don't back then you could do a a, a takedown and land almost on the ropes <laughs> yeah. they have it from pedestrian traffic crossed off at i mean now you've got like 20 feet of space. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get any games with the PlayStation or did he just, I mean, he had to buy you a game or two, right? Oh, yeah. I'll never forget. It was uh, NCAA football 1998. Um, I was <laughs> Michigan. Every single time I played the game, I, all I did was like, some kind of sweet pass and won the national title in <laughs> 1998. NCA football. And then I also got the uh, NASCAR game. Uh, mm-hmm. It was NASCAR 98. And it was actually the one where if you put in a secret code, you could use the uh, paint bomb and wipe somebody <laughs> out on the turns. Uh, so, yeah, I played football and played uh, NASCAR racing. Did Michigan recruit you at all? No. Nope. I never heard from them. They're yeah. lost. They're lost. Never heard from them. <laughs> what was it like? Um, you know, because you went into your freshman year at 215. Um, what was it like trying to break through varsity and wrestle at such a heavy weight as a freshman? You know, you're wrestling basically grown men for the most part. Yeah, because um, I was, I, I, if I recall correctly, I weighed about 200 and maybe 15, 220 pounds uh, my freshman year. And it was tough. I mean, my freshman year was so tough and I, I still, I still looking back, don't know how I even made it to districts my freshman year. Um, (laughs) So that was tough. And I felt just as a freshman, uh, these people were just so much stronger than I was. Um, I can't remember who the heavyweight was from, uh, I think it was Union LaPorte City my senior year, or excuse me, my freshman year at Districts in Old Wine uh, after we, because our sectionals was at New Hampton and then we did our Districts at Old Wine. And so I was, I mean, I just felt like a peanut compared to this person. Um, and that was just, I mean, that was tough. And so finally, like come time around, like my sophomore year, junior and senior, I, I felt a little bit more comfortable uh, where the, where my weight was and was able to develop a little bit more, but freshman year was tough. I mean, I tell you what, weighing in at 212 pounds and, and I'll never forget my first match of my high school career. Um, I wrestled a guy by the name of Mike Humple, probably know him. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to wrestle Mike and I'm not going to get pinned. I mean, that was like my mentality here. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he ended up pinning me actually. So uh, <laughs> it's like, well, I knew who he was and my coaches were just like, I told him, I was like, I don't want to get pinned. Right. My freshman year, they go, well, go out there and beat him. I was like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> Never happened. And then, uh, you know, four months later, Mike wins a state title. So, uh, yeah, that that was that was my freshman year. <laughs> when did, when did you, you said you kind of started feeling comfortable like your sophomore year? When did you start? You know, can you pinpoint like exactly when you started to feel weight wise and maturity wise? Like, all right, I can scrap with this with these guys. Uh, 
January or February ish of my sophomore year. Really? Yeah. Uh, when I went to state, when I went to state my sophomore year, um, at more of a heavier type of a weight, um, that's when I was like, you know what, I, I can compete with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no, no knock on like a freshman who weighs a hundred pounds, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, when, when you're at the heavyweight brackets at the young age, that was kind of more the, the eye opener to me. Yeah. It, I don't think anyone would would question that it is completely different if you're a hundred pound freshman coming in and wrestling, you know, other hundred pound kids versus two fifteen. Like that's it's just a different ball game. You yeah, know? I mean, you're ultimately you're you're looking at people like I mean some some of these upper weights, you know, as a sophomore, even a freshman, some of these upper weight seniors that, I mean, in five months from now, they're going to possibly be playing offensive defensive line at the division one level. Uh, I mean, maybe the NFL, you, you look at someone like Austin Blythe. I mean, like, it's just, yeah, that's just kind of, I mean, the my couple. Right. Yeah. Um, so when did you, juggle football and wrestling in the off season? Did you do one more than the other? Did you even wrestle? Did you just focus on football? Like how did you balance that once wrestling season got over? Yeah, I did a little bit of both. Um, So I remember my going into my junior year, I went to the uh, Notre Dame camp, the Iowa camp. And then my senior year, I went to the Iowa Notre Dame, I think like one day thing at Kansas state and another one at Iowa state. Um, but every single year I always made sure that I made it to the Luther, uh, college wrestling camp. Uh, I loved it. I mean, 20 minutes away from my hometown, um, awesome camp. I mean, Dave Mitchell knows exactly how to instruct wrestling mm-hmm. and fun activities. And so every year I did go to the Luther college wrestling camp. Um, but I certainly went to more football camps than I did wrestling camps. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, I kind of maybe wish I did a little bit more stuff in the off season of wrestling. Um, I know now with all the different venues that they have, uh, with Fargo and different areas that you can go do freestyle in. I never started freestyle until um, July of, it have been July of 2005. So going into my senior year. Really? When I started to go to Luther College one mm-hmm. or two nights a week and doing their uh, freestyle wrestling program there. Um, and that's and that's kind of... Um, all the wrestling I really did going into my senior year was definitely the Luther college camp. And then one or two nights a week um, in the summertime going over Luther college. Mm -hmm. And when did you like, you you basically said you were going to Iowa state, like that's where you, you, but whether or not you wrestled or football was, was kind of the situation, but why Iowa state, you know, did, was there some reason why you wanted to go to Iowa state specifically? Well, I, I liked the university a lot better. Um, mm. At the time, I had already taken a visit to Iowa. And I remember just speaking with um, the coaching staff. I mean, both coaching staffs were you know, well-respected and uh, treated everybody with dignity and respect. But I just felt like I don't know if McCartney was just that type of person where I was like, I really like this guy. Mm-hmm. Um 
And so I know that I just felt more comfortable at Iowa State. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I just felt more comfortable there. Um, I had a couple, couple of my buddies that went to Iowa um, that I played in the Shrine Bowl game with um, and knew they were going to Iowa. Uh, at the time, I already knew I was going to Iowa State. But, yeah, I mean, you got to you gotta pick somewhere to go to. <laughs> and um, just got to make that decision, yeah. I, I tell you what, though, I was almost on the fence also of going to uh, St. Cloud State University. Oh, wow. Hard by Brian Frana and um, went up, took an official visit up there with my mother, um, spent two days up there on the weekend. And I really, I really liked it at the time. Um, and they also had a really good kinesiology program because uh, I was looking at that. So they took me through all their human sciences programs and everything like that. And so, I mean, I almost went to St. Cloud State University. Wow. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you who, you know, who else was in, you know, in there for you that you might have pulled you away from Iowa State. Like, was you and I there or, you know, or like, you know, obviously Luther, I assume, because you were just 20 minutes yeah. down the road. So like, yeah, Luther, Warburg, uh, you and I, um, I took an official visit to you and I as well. Um, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first time I had been back to the you and I dome since we got mm-hmm. there. So that was uh, kind of cool. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you, there was other, other places that I, like I said, my, my biggest thing was, was I was like, okay, like I got to make this decision. Like, am I going to do football or wrestling? And then I can venture out into, uh, into the world. Cause one day it was like, okay, Terry brands called and the next day coach McCarney calls. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you got, one college coach calling the next day you've got a football coach calling. It's like, so (laughs) that had to be tough. You know, like how did you ultimately come to the decision to play football? Like, I mean, like you just said, you had Terry brands calling you one day and then Dan McCartney the next, like you just, as an 18 year old kid, your head just had to be just spiraling. You want a million miles an hour. Yeah. I mean, million miles an hour. And so, um, I think ultimately what it boiled down to was um, an in-home visit that Terry Allen took um, to my house and just convinced me to come on down to Ames and went down there for a visit and just really liked it, really liked the campus, liked the studies. And, of course, my mom, uh, as a second-grade school teacher, you got to think about academics as well. Mm -hmm. So we – went to uh, all the different academic advisors that would assist with the learning and development mm-hmm. kind of told them what I want. So um, knew they kind of had stuff to offer that I wanted to do too. Hmm. And it sounds like you kind of alluded to it that somewhat you normally pick the sport and then you pick the college. It sounds like you kind of went in reverse where you pick the college and then pick the sport. Yeah. I, one hundred percent, I agree with that. Uh, because um, I was in constant talks with Kale and also McCartney at the same time. So I don't know if they had conversations like in the athletic office. I'm like trying to see who get the first phone call in a day. But uh, yeah, it, I I picked the college and then the sport. <laughs> and you 
and you said no to Kale Sanderson, you might be one of the only people to say no to Kale Sanderson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> possible. <laughs> and like I said, looking back on it a couple years later, I was like, gosh, I really, I really miss wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't regret going the football route. I really mm-hmm. don't. Um, just like I said, it built a ton of friends and traveled all across the country, got to play in a bowl game. And so, um, you know, looking back on it, so I was like, oh, do you wish you would have wrestled the whole time? Well, I mean, maybe, but it's kind of water under the bridge now. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. That's a good outlook to have, you know, because it is, you know, and you probably, you like you just said, you listed off some great things that happened at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, also, so you started with Dan McCartney and then Paul Rhodes came in, right? Like, how was that transition from coaching staffs you know for you as a player because that happens all the time so i'm just curious you know how that impacted you if it did at all or if the transition was relatively smooth like did you think about going out for wrestling at that point even like what was that all like so um we went from mccarney to an individual whose name is gene chizik oh yes um and then paul rhodes Oh, I forgot about Gene Chizik. Yes, yes. I don't know what the, um, what do you want to call it? Maybe like the FCC explicit languages on a podcast like this, but I'm just going to kind of hold back from Gene Chizik conversations. <laughs> uh, I just wasn't a fan of that individual, but yeah. I stuck with it. Um, <laughs> so I tell you what, though. So McCartney was my my freshman year. And he was he's a great coach. And it was my redshirt year. I didn't do anything except just get beat up on the practice squad and redshirted and would I mean we'd lift on game day, I think. We still got a dress. Mm-hmm. But then Chiswick came in and Chiswick really knew the X's and O's of football. I mean, down to like an inch. I mean, you name it, he knew about it. And then you transition to Paul Rhodes where, I mean, he's such an outgoing individual uh, with the alumni, uh, all the people like tailgating. I mean, he would go out there and build interpersonal relationships with the community, staff, faculty, alumni. Um, but it seemed like, obviously, I mean, it's a business. You, 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 get, you get told to resign for a reason if you don't get your X's and O's right. So it was kind of like a 180 degree change between Chiswick to Rhodes. Um, Cause like Chiswick, he would never, he'd never go out to the public. He would just not communicate with people. Um, donors would go down from, from financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. So really the transition from McCartney to Chiswick to Rhodes was just all over the place. Um, and yeah, it was, like I said, those were uh, kind of, I mean, you, you play football for four years with three different college coaches. Um, and the way that I found out about um, Chiswick leaving was I was hanging out with a bunch of my uh, roommates at the time and, and good friends, uh, Ben Lamock, Austin Arnaud, Zach Sandvig, Michael Connell. I mean, we're just sitting there hanging out. And we see on ESPN that our college coach is leaving to go to Auburn. And we're like, what? And we all look at each other and he's getting off some plane 
uh, we're like, that's our coach. Like, what is he talking about? That's how we found out our coach was leaving to go to Auburn is we were sitting there watching ESPN and we didn't even know about it. And then like two minutes later, we get a message from one of the graduate assistants. Hey, uh, I'm sure you guys are aware. Oh yeah, we are aware. Uh, so then Rhodes came in and love, I love coach Rhodes. Uh, but after, um, going into the, the, I guess you would call it the red shirt junior year, um, that fall, I informed him that I wanted to wrestle and I'm going to wrestle at Iowa state. And so I treated my red shirt junior year as kind of like my senior year. Cause I had been there for four years. Mm-hmm. I did the whole senior night thing. Um, and, after we got done playing down in Tempe against Minnesota in, in 2009, um, two weeks later, I was on the wrestling mat uh, doing takedowns with David Zabrinski, trying to learn how to stay in the condition now because uh, the conditioning uh, was a little bit different. Uh, mm-hmm. I was a opener. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks later. Wow. So I guess just, I'm not going to try to, pull anything out of you from Gene Chizik, but how was it, how was it to try to stay focused under a coach that you really didn't see eye to eye with? Like, you know, how, how difficult was that to keep going out there and giving a hundred percent, you know, because I really liked my position coach, um, the defensive line. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really liked him. Yeah. Uh, and so I know, you know, his, his story of growing up and where he came from. Um, I, I, yeah, I really like my position coach. And so, um, like I said, it's almost like a business. I mean, you look at the corporate level and it's like, you got someone on the front lines who might really like their supervisor, but then you look at a company with a hundred thousand people and everybody hates the CEO, but you have no interaction with the CEO. So, I don't really want to compare it too much to the corporate world, but in a way, mm-hmm. I mean, it is kind of a business too, at that level. For sure. Yeah. hundred percent, you know, especially at those bigger schools, you know, I'm sure it's even more like a business, you know? So yeah. I, I, I really like my position coach. Yeah. Who was that? Who was it? Mike, Mike Pelton. Okay. And who was Terry Allen? You, you referenced him a couple of times. Who was Terry? Yeah, Allen? He was the offensive coordinator for Iowa state. Oh, okay. okay. And then he went on to Northwest Missouri state. So interesting. Uh, they had the offensive coordinator come recruit you, but you played defense. Why didn't he they? Was the head of, he was the head of the recruiting. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Was Paul Rhodes on the defensive staff with Gene Chizik? No. So they just brought, where did Paul Rhodes come from? I should know this, but he came from Ohio. Okay. Hang on a second. Was it? No. Where did? Oh, I'm trying to think now. He came from. Oh, uh, not Pennsylvania. Um, it wasn't Penn State. Um, I'm trying to think what it is out there. Uh, Pennsylvania somewhere. Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. Either way. So like, yeah. So he came in and um, when you decide Pittsburgh, because didn't Larry Fitzgerald go to school there? Yes. 
Yes. Okay. So it was Pittsburgh because I met Larry Fitzgerald when we were down in Arizona at the bowl game while he is playing for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, no kidding. Fitzgerald over and was like trying to tell our receivers how to catch a ball. And I said, <laughs> yeah, so it was Pittsburgh. Yeah. It, it, I knew it would come to me in a second. Um, <laughs> I've met a lot of people. And so sometimes I'm not <laughs> with names or memories, but I do. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> you have met a lot of people, you know, and it still seems like to this day, you know, you're kind of still in touch with, it seems like quite a few, maybe not on a regular basis, but at, at some capacity, you know, I am. Yeah. I mean, I know, um, like I said, I, I still talk to Mansfield um, a lot and um, John Reader um, talk with him often. I mean, I shouldn't say often a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were in each other's weddings. That's how close we are. Um, and then I'm trying to think the last time I talked to Layman. Um, I listened to his podcast. I certainly don't have like birds chirping and cows mooing in my background right now, but uh, in the middle of Illinois where he's at. Yeah. I loved Layman's dad. Uh, that guy was a genuine man. I tell you what, but yeah, I still, I still stay in touch with people. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, um, I want to touch base with you on wrestling um, for Cresco mm-hmm. because the the history in that pro and the the passion, you know, is just it's there. And so, like, did you know that kind of growing up? And when you were getting into high school, like, did you kind of know what to expect in terms of wrestling for Cresco? No, not at all. Um, because I remember my freshman year, I it was my sophomore year. I'm like. You know, oh, we're getting ready for the Gary Kermeyer duels. Who's Gary Kermeyer? You know, it's like, I, <laughs> so I, I had no, um, I didn't really understand the history of all the wrestling in Cresco. Um, and then I, I, I just, I really didn't. And so that's like, oh, we've got the Chris Flanagan Invitational. Like, well, who's Chris Flanagan? I mean, I didn't, you don't know that stuff. Um, I don't know if that's just, like a lack of on my end of not Googling back. I don't know. (laughs) Like I, it's just in, and of course, like as as you're entering the wrestling tournaments, like what wrestler reads like the back of the first page of exactly what the tournament was until you're like an Mm -hmm. adult and you come back and you read it. So I really didn't understand um, some of the history and even going into my senior year, is when they put up a board in in the um, wrestling room of all the prior state champs. And you look at the board and you're reading some of these names and you're kind of like, oh, like, didn't he coach it like Iowa State? Or wasn't <laughs> this guy like maybe in the Olympics? And you're just like, like, I, so yeah, I had no idea. It was completely oblivious. Um, it might have been told even back maybe in like junior high or freshman year on some of the stuff in one year, out the other year, I can assure Mm -hmm. you that. Um, But now, um, I mean, you want to talk about like supporting the Iowa wrestling hall of fame. That's in Cresco Mm -hmm. going back there for the celebration last year on celebrating a hundred years. I mean, the history now, like I'm (laughs) well-educated, but no, back then I, I really didn't know. How does it feel to be a part of that history? Oh, it's so cool. I mean, 
I mean, now we've got four-time state champ from Cresco. And so um, all the way to the, the history of some of the coaches that have come through and knowing that your name is on some of the walls there, it's like, that's kind of cool considering some of the names that are on there. You're just like, whoa, like, well, those are some really good wrestlers. <laughs> and it's just like, I wish I could see like, some of the videos or uh, matches that some of these individuals had, because it's like it, the stories you hear now when you go back for some uh, events that are being held, uh, the golf tournament that's being held every year now in Cresco for the wrestling. And you hear some of these stories, and you're just like, gosh, like that'd be kind of cool to watch them. <laughs> um, I mean, even, even, I think it even like, I mean, my senior year, it kind of hit me a little bit more when I realized the history uh, to answer your question, when I started to see some of the boards and stuff that they put up in the room, but even at Ames, like you're like, Oh, where are you from? Oh, Cresco. Oh, boom. All of a sudden right into wrestling topic (laughs) or walking through some of the history there, you see the words Cresco. And so, yeah, it's, it's really cool uh, to fully understand that now. Mm -hmm. Do you have some of the tapes from when you were, when you wrestled? Oh, I guarantee you they are <laughs> in my mom's basement. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I, I know that they have, I know they have some for sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think after you, there was, I think Luke Sticka, but other than that, like you were, a, I don't want to say you were the last, you know, big time heavyweight to come from Cresco, but you were like, you're like the standard in my opinion, you know, like the next time heavyweights or upper weights like that come through 250, 220 now, I guess, like they're chasing you, you know? Yeah, I, I know. Um, yeah, because Luke was, uh, I wonder if he was 171 or 189. I think he might have been 71, but. Uh, right, even then, yeah, he's still a couple weights below you. So like. Right, right, yeah. No, no, you're right, you're right. Um I know that uh, I, so something, my gut feeling is like, I wish there were times where, um, where if Iowa State was on the road and I was a freshman and never traveled, that I would go back to Cresco and especially after, uh, well, now like November 14th, I think uh, today was, I, I think today was actually the start of high school wrestling. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes. It uh, is. So obviously you're still in college football season. So you'd go home and you'd want to wrestle and, and help, help some of the upper weights out. And the problem that you'd run into is now they've got the whole uh, state of Iowa where you've got to take the course to even yeah. still put into the wrestling room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a, tough pickle back then when I really wanted to go back and help some of the heavier weights out where you, you couldn't, I mean, you could just sit there and watch. Um, so that was, that was kind of frustrating. Um, but I get why they, why they do that, especially mm-hmm. now um, working in law enforcement, I fully understand <laughs> that. Send some people to a class to be competent to step foot into a high school. Wrestling <laughs> room, so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just remembered. I better give some love to Adam Praska who yeah. came after you. He was a stud, 
But, uh, you know, still, that just shows you, you know, like the first one that comes to mind is Kyle Slifka. Like, you just, you were good. Do you ever, like, think about that? Do you ever just, you know, think about back when you wrestled and how, how good you were and what the standard you set? Uh, sometimes um, I do know that there has been times where uh, a coworker or two has Googled my name and has put photos, <laughs> up, around, put photos up around my desk. Um, that's, <laughs> that's sometimes kind of funny to see. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just... Like I said, I just kind of really went with the flow. Um, you seem like that kind of guy too. Yeah, I just yeah. did my thing, um, wrestled, and um, just recently bought my three-year-old a uh, brought him back a headgear, <laughs> and he doesn't quite understand the concept of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually wears it with his firefighter outfit. He thinks it's his air mask and he's fighting <laughs> fires. So uh, we're working a little bit on the head. <laughs> but I mean, like I said, it'd be cool if my three-year-old someday wrestles. And if he tells me he doesn't want to, then whatever. I mean, it's it's just like I'm not going to force it upon him. Mm-hmm. My dad never forced anything upon me. Um, I was the one who always wanted to go out there and, and wrestle and do stuff. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you may have won more state titles, you know, if, if he would have incentivized them again, you know, they came out with the PlayStation two, you know, an Xbox, you know, like, (laughs) you know, he didn't have to stop at PlayStation, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I know, I know. And, and (laughs) I wish, uh, I wish my dad was still around then he Mm -hmm. he passed away in May from brain cancer. And I tell you what, that's the most uh, unexplained event a person can ever think of. It's like you get, you find out in September your dad has one of the glioblastomas and then all of a sudden, boom, in May, they're gone. Um, and so, you know, looking back on it, um, like I said, I was able to at least spend time with him, talk about wrestling. Uh, we were able to talk about uh, football too. So um, yeah, I should have asked him like, Hey, uh, you know, my sophomore junior of high school, like, would you, <laughs> you got me like a PS4 dad uh, and see what he would have said. I don't know. Maybe I would have had a little bit of, uh, to win state my junior year. So yeah, I know. I don't know. Like maybe I just some like an incentive kind of guy. Right. Um, before I let you go, I wanted to talk a little bit about the, uh, rivalry that you, you know, MFL Marmack and Cresco had, you know, at least from our standpoint, you know, we took Cresco very seriously when it was Cresco week, like it ratcheted up, you know, Ch- Chet would take it up a notch or two or three, you know, like we knew we were always in a battle for Cresco with Cresco and we had to bring our a game, you know, did you guys have that with us or maybe another team where you were like, all right, dude, it's, <laughs> you know, New Hampton week or whatever, like, this is it. We need to, we need to step it up. Uh, Well, I think we had that with every single team that we wrestled. Um, We never really associated like one team might be better than another team. And we, from what I remember, uh, my second cousin, coach Keith Slifka, and then also Doug Hatch, Mm -hmm. I mean, they would, install into our brain like 
you almost got to look at it like the SEC, SEC conference in football, right? Mm-hmm. Like every week, like you've got to be ready to go. It doesn't matter who you're playing. And that's kind of the thing up in Northeast Iowa, whether you're doing Wakan, Decora, MFL, I mean, Osage, Waverly, New Hampton. I mean, it's all, I mean, every single meet, you've got to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. And so I, I know we treated every single school um, I mean, cause at the time, like you didn't really even have, like, you wouldn't look at a team and be like, Oh, we're going to have like four or five forfeits from this team. You didn't have that. I mean, you had lineups that were stacked. And I mean, from what I remember with M with, uh, <clears throat> MFL, you know, between Rodas and Pedretti and, uh, was, was it Frazier? Um, there's a Fisk, there's yeah. an Eggers. Yeah. I mean, it's just stacked lineups everywhere. So. Yeah. We kind of, I guess not to downplay the competition, but you know, we, we had actually that, you know, where we had a Clayton Ridge or an Alcator, um, you know, that Postville towards the latter end of the years, like they didn't field the best teams or a full team. So I guess I could see why you would take everyone seriously. Cause you had, and your conference was tough. Mm-hmm. So pretty much every t- all the time you had, you know, to bring it. Whereas, not you know, to put it nicely, we didn't, you know, Monona didn't have that really. Well, and, and, and when you, you know, and bringing that up, it, it kind of reminds me of a memory when we actually went down to the Makokota duels and some of the, the schools that were there, I had never heard heard of before and asking my coach like where this where are they from and it's like well they're based out of like some town like three minutes from the mississippi river and it's like okay like you have never heard of some of these teams before (laughs) and so i mean i can kind of relate now to where how you put that in perspective um the only thing i remember from the makokota duels is taking six aspirin on my way back home after (laughs) beat the living hell out of my head um (laughs) That's about what I remember from that, uh, Makoka. Oh, my goodness. I, I think I still might have migraines from Dane Pate. But, uh, yeah, so I, I could see yeah, how you put that in perspective. I forgot you wrestled. I didn't know you wrestled Dane Pape because he was – oh, I, didn't, I didn't forget. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Um, yeah, because what he was 03 or something or 04, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I wrestled a lot of good people, I tell you. Oh, my gosh, Kyle. Yeah. Wow. So no, just don't want to touch on your family. So you have your wife, Stephanie. Um, how many, how many kids do you have? We have a three-year-old named Weston right now. Weston. Nice. Okay. And what does he like to do? Uh, well, the last two weeks, he really liked to keep us up at night because he got his tonsils taken out. So Ooh, yikes. We didn't no, get too bad. The last two weeks, but mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's finally back and recovered. So, mm-hmm. um, I tell you what, he really likes to play firefighter and police officer. And <laughs> now he's at a point where he kind of splits it 50, 50. He wears a police outfit on top and firefighter pants on the bottom. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, he keeps us really busy with that. And so mm-hmm. uh, the cool part is um, my job right now is kind of flexible. So I can at least see uh, I'm not away from him that often. I know there's some positions out there with 
people's careers where they travel a lot on the road. Um, I, I'm glad I'm not in that kind of position because I can at mm. least spend time with my family. Uh, but yeah, I met my wife in October of 2011. Um, actually was living with John Reeder at the time and I was working down in Des Moines and ended up meeting her down here. So then I moved down here later and told John, like, see, I got to go. I'm moving. Down. <laughs> and then he bounced out to Colorado. But, um, so yeah, it's love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, um, what's your wife do? Uh, right now she's just stay at home mom. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it's kind of nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially his tonsils being taken out. Um, I, I didn't have to take off any time from work. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of nice to have that around, but yeah, yeah very, she's very supportive. Mm -hmm. How did, how did you meet? And is, did she graduate from Iowa state too, or she went, she actually went to Iowa state um, for I think three or four semesters. And then she mm -hmm. transitioned back to DMAC down here in Des Moines. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, we actually met at an apartment complex uh, in Des Moines. I was working the overnight shift as a uh, night auditor at a Marriott hotel in West Des Moines. And my sister at the time was going to AIB school and I got okay. off one morning and I just couldn't continue driving back and forth from Ames to West Des Moines working the overnight shift. So I ended up stopping at AIB school, talked to my sister for a little bit. And then at eight o'clock in the morning, uh, once she left to go to class, I just drove around and looked for apartment complexes. And the first apartment complex I drove to was just down the street from AIB school in Des Moines called Weston Park. And she happened to be the property manager that manager there at the time. So that's where we met. And then looking back now, that's where, um, our son is named after is Weston because we met at Weston Park. So. I was just going to ask that because, yeah, yeah. You said, you're like, huh, Weston Park. Huh? That's interesting. Yep. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's where we met. And so uh, named our first son Weston. <laughs> that we lived at, so. you, uh, you also say he wears um, firefighter pants. Is, is it a myth? Or is it true that, you know, police officers and firefighters kind of have this weird friction with each other, you know, where it's like, oh, you don't want to be a firefighter. <laughs> I tell you what, we get along great. Yeah. Firefighting staff. I know um, in some larger metropolitan agencies throughout the country, uh, they don't get along. Uh, that's been established. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have a great working relationship with ours. Um, and I feel like you really have to have a good working relationship, <clears throat> excuse me, with your fire and your EMS, because ultimately your, your main goal is to preserve human life. Mm -hmm. And if you just kind of try not to beat each other up, you're not going to be able to be successful. So we get along good with ours. That's for sure. But <laughs> I do have a couple buddies that, um, I know are, uh, volunteer firefighters back in Cresco. And so every once in a while I do text them and ask them <laughs> if they've been dragging any hoses lately, <laughs> they know I'm just kind of kidding. And so, <laughs> yeah. Were you on the team? Um, with Tanner Burke when his brother passed away. Yeah. Yep. How did you guys, you know, how did, not to end on a somber note, but, uh, you know, how did you guys kind of rally around him during that kind of tough time? 
Yeah. So th- yeah, that was such a tough time. And, and his older sister Afton, she was in my class. Okay. And, you know, um, yeah, obviously, I mean, I had to be there for my teammate and then also had to be there for my classmate too. So um, yeah, that was, that was a tough situation, tough week. Um, I'll never forget when my father told me about it. Um, he, I mean, I'll never forget. It was like seven 30 in the morning. I was at the house getting ready to go to school and he, you know, he explained it about explain everything to me. So, um, we just, and that was really the first kind of true death that I experienced, um, at an age, um, where it was more of a, a sudden type tragic, uh, loss, uh, mm-hmm. never really truly experienced anything like that at the point in time. And you're just kind of like, like, Oh my gosh, how do you talk to somebody who just lost a loved one? Um, like, what do you even say? Like, you know, and so, um, just lots of hugs, lots of support, um, got him back on the mat and, um, a lot of peer support for the, for both of them. So yeah, that was tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine, you know, I'm kind of right there with you where, you know, I know you lost your dad and obviously we're thinking about you and him, you know, um, I haven't really lost anyone like that close to me yet. Obviously that day's coming. So like, I just can't imagine what that was like, especially in high school for your teammate. Yeah. Yeah. And and those are, I know those are always tough ones too to deal with, especially in my line of work with uh, youth like that. And so um, we just, we just gotta be there for support really. But I mean, Tanner, he's, I mean, he's doing a great job right now with the youth program. Um, I mean, that's, you know, you got you got to start at some point, you know, mm-hmm. from second, third grade all the way up until you ship them off to the high school room. Mm-hmm. So, props to him too for uh, grinding on that. That's a tough job. I mean, dealing with the youth like that. I don't think a lot of people truly understand the dedication, the work that it takes to put together something like that. Um, I I volunteered one time in college. Uh, Rhodes made us go volunteer and I went to a local school for Dr. Seuss week and read three books. <laughs> I had a headache for about 20, 20 days straight. So just dealing <laughs> like that, you got to give people props, especially with our youth programs around the state. That's where it all really begins. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think you'll ever get back on the mat coaching and, or in some capacity on the mat? <sighs> I want to, um, I don't, I don't, I'm, I don't want to be one of those dads where I'm just like literally like wrestling the opponent on behalf of my kid. Right. Like I'm not going right. to be that. Like if I don't get into a little bit of coaching with my son, like I'm going to make the coach coach and do their job. Um, and if I have two cents back home, I can give that in, but um, I don't know I if I'm going to get into it or not. I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I that's another lifestone event that I need to come <laughs> on as the child continues to develop. <laughs> um last question that I just I just got um thinking about. You said that people, you know, Googled your name and put pictures around your office. Did they know you your story, your background in wrestling at all before they Googled you and found out who you were? A couple people, yeah. A couple people did, yeah. Um, but 
um, once word got out and yeah. So, and, and that's, I mean, that's sometimes too, like the tough part I have with, it's like, I really want to go into some other lines of work within my industry. Um, but I mean, there are times I run into people in the store that see me and know me and I talk to them and it's like, well, I don't know how much undercover work I can do. But, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. So. <laughs> Huh, so really? So you just like go to the grocery store and they're like, oh, hey, Kyle. And you're like, hey, shut up. I'm trying to be, you know, Steve. Yeah. Or yeah. something. I, yeah, I've ran into people before just, I mean, even on calls for service. Um, I've run into people before. And it, I mean, it doesn't help like when you're 30 minutes from where you went to school and you've lived yeah. here for 10 years and, and you're walking around with the word Slifka on your uniform. <laughs> Our ear. I mean, someone's gonna like stop talking to you. <laughs> uh, I, and that's just off the. Are you related to Hunter Slifka? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I assume. Okay. He's your cousin, first cousin. Uh, so he would actually be my third cousin. Uh, really? So my father and his dad Keith are first cousins. Oh, okay. No wait. So that makes me second cousin, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes me second cousin actually. Okay. And Keith was your wrestling coach. Correct. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. He was my wrestling yeah. coach. Yeah. And Chet was mine, so I can understand wrestling for your uncle. Be kind of, <laughs> kind of fun, kind of not, but yeah. Oh, but yeah, I appreciate it. I know it's a long time coming. I really anticipated this because, like I said, I you were just back in Monona, man. It was like, oh, Kyle Slifka, Ooh, you know, like. Because Brian was a bad man and you always got the best of him. So obviously you were a bad man, you know, we just. Yeah. He was very, very strong individual. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But I don't know what they put in the corn and, or what they put in the water in Farmersburg, whatever. <laughs> he just worked on a farm, man, you know? Yeah. So that was pretty much it. And he lifted weights all the time. Something that we didn't really do as a team, but that family did. So. Yeah. But. Yeah. Again, I appreciate it. I'll let you know when I, when I shoot this out live and it's been fun. Awesome. Well, good fun. rest of your night. Yeah, you too. You too. Uh, and again, maybe hopefully I don't cross paths with you and while you're on duty, you know, uh, I've run into people before. <laughs> yeah. How does that work? Uh, it just, it just kind of, you kind of have to treat them as, you don't really know them, but yeah, you're still out there kind of doing your job. Right. I mean, of course, knock on wood. I have not arrested anybody that I know. Nice. That's kind of the cool thing too, about <laughs> metropolitan area, but, um, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I've stopped people before that I've known. Mm-hmm. So any like former teammates, um, you can keep them confidential, but I just didn't know if like, let me think here. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I have. <laughs> I actually have. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah. Thanks for taking the time. I know it's late and I appreciate it and appreciate all the insight and candid answers. It's been fun. You bet. You have to work your night. <laughs> yeah, thanks. You too. See ya. All right. We'll see ya.
Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Kyle Slifka, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. And don't forget to check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care, and we will see you next time. Headstrong to take on.